I am out of noises to make. Uh, I'm out of excited noises to make. I just, I'm, I've exhausted all of them. I am supremely stoked. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Let's Talk About Star Wars. I am Garrett here with Tom and Jenny to talk about the Clone Wars Season 7, Episode 10, The Phantom Apprentice. Were you expecting someone else? Ah! That was my noise. Ah! There was so much about that. There was so much about this I expected to like, and a, and a really good lightsaber fight was one of them. But a Shakespearean level monologue was not one of them. <laughs> this was this was an action. This was an action episode. This was the action sequence of the movie that we're postulating these episodes make up. Uh, and it was it was just it went fast for me. Like some I of these Clone Wars episodes we've talked about dragging, this one sped by. Three times I watched it. Three times. It was so dense and layered. And not only was it action, but it was action in service of character, and mm-hmm. which is my favorite thing where everybody's character creates the action. Yes. Every, every, this was like a D&D session where everyone was role-playing their character perfectly. Nobody could be moved <laughs> from their core beliefs. It was, well, and... Yeah. And you also like to to that to both those points uh, without him even being there, those characters were then shining big flashlights on the fall of Anakin mm-hmm. and in a way that I found immensely satisfying. Like That's been one of the things that, you know, you've heard me uh, gripe about with Revenge of the Sith now and then is like, but you really don't get a good idea of how the fall happens. You know why it's all there on paper, but it doesn't always hit me in the gut. This without him even being there was like, Oh yeah, no, that's right. Oh crap. And this is what his friends would think and talk about it. Just seeing the pain in Obi-Wan's animated face. Like it was incredible. Dude, dude, dude. That's I just, dude. (laughs) Again, like I love episode three so much. And it it, like, has like so many of my, my, very young years were spent like obsessing over the idea of what the hell Darth Vader was before he was Darth Vader because we didn't have the prequel. There was actually a short stint of my childhood where the prequels hadn't even started yet. And the idea of Anakin Skywalker was just so cool to me. And I wanted to see Obi-Wan and Anakin be friends. And so I just had so much headcanon because I didn't read anything <laughs> in terms of expanded universe, really. I just sat there and had my own weird ideas in my head. That when the prequels came as weird and odd as it, first of all, I was young enough to just enjoy episode one. Episode two was weird. Uh, and then I just unabashedly love episode three when I first saw it and still do. Uh, but I, I just, I'm this weird person where I had all these expectations and the movies did not land, but it didn't matter. My own headcanon made me love the movies. And the Clone Wars animated series has, has given me like the quality Anakin that I always wanted. And that's why I like, I love this. So damn much. Um, should we take a tour? Should we take a tour of this magnificent episode? Because yes. I have so much to say about like almost every frame. So we're going to have to restrain me. <laughs> I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So uh, in the beginning, we have that classic, like basically it is a movie. There is no break in the action between the last time we saw Ahsoka and this time she's got the sabers out. It's the same moment. It's incredibly cinematic. It's kind of like a whip around to everybody. Um, And then unexpectedly, there is some talking, which I guess for Darth Maul is not unexpected. Well, Clone Wars Darth Maul. When I think about Phantom Menace Darth Maul, I mean, he is basically silent. 
Yeah. yeah. If anybody's watching this without having seen the previous True. six seasons, it would be you a little weird. But that. otherwise, yeah, we're used to him like have prattling on. Like he he's making up for lost time, <laughs> basically. Yeah. yeah it's, it's it's, talk. Oh my god, it's so good. Like I can't yeah. get over Maul. Maul is like like I thought I understood like I thought I had my expectations in line for Maul at the end here. Like I kind of figured like I've seen where he where he his he he ends. I've seen the end of Maul's road and I've seen so much of his journey here already in the Clone Wars that I don't think I could be surprised or delighted beyond how mu- how much I would have already liked this. Uh but they found a way. There's just there's there is so much Maul to drink in in this episode. <laughs> it's ridiculous. Would you it's call a yourself a mall rat? Oh, it's a shake. there it is. Mall shake. <laughs> it's a mall shake. You can drink it. It's very filling. Um, so the coolest thing about Maul just overall in this episode is that he's simultaneously totally wrong and simultaneously totally right. Yeah. Wrong like, for the right reasons. Wrong for the right, right reasons. For the wrong right reasons. for the wrong reasons. Yeah. yeah. Incredible choice and character building. He's the only one that's actually correct about what is going on. And, and I, yet. Yeah. I cannot believe no one has ever picked up this beat before that someone thinks it would be a good idea to kill Anakin before he just throw, plunges the universe into darkness. Right. Because he, Darth Maul is in the unique position of being the only one who knows Sidious' plan, right? Yeah. Not because Sidious told him, but because he's like, oh, I get it now. Like, if I had died, it wouldn't matter. But because I, I survived... I can see the threads and I know what he's doing and I'm the only one who can save the universe so that I can become its evil master instead. Oh, wait, crap. Otherwise, I'd be from all (laughs) such a nice surprise because we're at the end here. And it seemed like if you you know, if you're a fan of all of this, you you can't be surprised. And so when like when Maul seems disappointed at the end of the last episode, that's not Obi-Wan. I just think to myself, oh, he just wanted revenge. He just wanted Obi-Wan to show up so he he could finally kill him. But then you get to this and you're like, oh, this goes so much deeper. Yeah. I I love, too, that they play with the idea of the second string characters uniting and and Maul and I know we're we're this happens farther into the episode but Maul very cunningly comparing what happened to Ahsoka to what happened to him we were both the apprentices of these powerful masters who think they're better than us come on Ahsoka you and I we're just alike let's team up we can save the galaxy together it's it's got echoes of Duel of the Fates. It's got echoes of Darth Vader reaching out to Luke. It's got echoes of Darth Sidious appealing to Anakin. Like it's it's so rich. Kylo the amazing part. Ray. The amazing part is that when they do actually clash swords, just in the beginning, right? The first she calls in the clone troopers. They show up. There's like a brief lightsaber clash. You do hear the actual sound of the music of Duel of the Fates very quickly, and that's actually almost. I went back the third time to listen. That's the only time you hear it more than one phrase of it because, like, I think you don't want to go too far back. But all the music throughout the rest of the lightsaber fights is actually 
calling to it and and dancing around it with choral stuff but it's not the exact same music it's fantastic yeah was there was there an echo of vader's theme too at one point yes. or did i imagine that? little tiny bit yeah just little snippets little weaving telling mm-hmm. a whole other story behind the visual story and the audio story that we're getting it's a dialogue story it's incredible 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 um okay so then like breaking the the Ahsoka Mall thing, because first, like the first step, he's like, and you are. And then so he uh, they go away. They can't find him. They deal with who's the governor. What's his name? I get Saxon. all the. No, Gar Saxon is the I thought, who's a guy in the the mall Mando hat? Who's like the leader oh. of the bad Mandalorian? Oh, not the governor, but the uh, kind of the chief fighter oh that is uh, saxon that i'm Gar sorry saxon. I'm, that is saxon yeah my bad yeah who's, who's the, the guy governor? i forget the governor's name but i don't remember yeah so basically he is spilling his guts but it's all leading back to the same thing which is everybody in some way like is reacting to darth maul reacting to the end of the end times that only he knows are coming. So you're just keeping getting little hints, little hints, little hints. And uh, then there's this epic battle between Gar Saxon and Bo-Katan uh, Kreez, which I think has some of the more cinematic stuff. Like there's a shot where she is like holding up an elevator from crushing her. That's like as well framed as any movie I've seen. Like it's gorgeous. I couldn't get over the like the Clone Wars battle outside in in Mandalore. Like that was like such a love letter to this entire series of like the titular title of this series, like the Clone Wars, just watching the clones battle against Mandalorians. Like, yeah, I just couldn't have asked for more from this episode. And then on top of the fact that as good as this like the main fight between Ahsoka and Maul is, 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 you know, in the end of this video or this, this episode, there's like a crushing uh, weight of, of, of terror. Cause I'm watching this going at any moment. Order 66 is going to get called in and this will right. somehow become even more chaotic. Yes. I just I'm- kept waiting for that moment. Right. And, and, and I, I kind of knew it wasn't going to happen yet. Like, but I know it's going to, right? And yeah. at, at any moment, a bunch of them are going to just turn their guns because uh, because you see it. You're like feeling those scenes from Revenge of the Sith play out like, oh, this is one of those scenes, but on Mandalore. Yes. And the best part was my favorite scene, maybe, although it's really hard to choose, was Ahsoka talking to, and we didn't think we were going to get this, uh, Obi-Wan via hologram or holo- mm-hmm. hologram. Hollow net. Uh, and the look on his face, like the difference between Obi-Wan and the last time you saw him on the ship, just to the moment after Anakin kills Dooku, is really profound. Like he is like, oh, bad things are coming. And like the way that he just looks so inner tortured yeah. in, in Holonet and in our animation, the way that they're able to make it so expressive is incredible. There's that one line where he says the council isn't always right where I'm like, and that's why Obi-Wan is the, the, the right person to carry this on and hand it to, to Luke with the idea that it could become better. That justifies Obi-Wan only telling Luke the good things is that he's realizing we've made horrible mistakes and it's setting the table for him to want to not repeat those mistakes in the future. 
Yeah. Yeah. I love that this is also like a really cool way to integrate it into episode three with like breadcrumbs of interest. So like if you've only watched Clone Wars, but you haven't watched the prequels, you're like, because Dooku was a major character in the Clone Wars animated series. and, And but we don't get to see his death in the animated series but in this call it yeah. like perfectly puts that character to rest within the vacuum of just clone wars uh while also immediately giving us those who have seen the prequels a a, a time like we know yeah. where in episode three we are now because like i when when i see obi-wan with his hood up i'm like i think he's on Utapau because i'm thinking of i know it's happening simultaneously with episode three and i'm trying to think Obi-Wan was pretty much robeless for a good chunk of, of episode three, but like, I remember, you know, that's what any, any time he would, he was off on his spy missions. The first thing he would start out of his damn starship with the hood up. And I'm like, Oh, I think he's on Utapau about to go kill general Grievous. And that's exactly where he was. Um, but that's not what was important. What was important. It was him relaying the information that Dooku is no longer alive. And that they've assigned Anakin to spy on the emperor, which was the fatal mistake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, don't assign Anakin to do that and send him somewhere else and the Emperor's plans fall apart, right? Yeah. Potentially, anyway. Or delay them, yeah. Or certainly get delayed, yeah. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Like, the next episode could be the the middle to end of the movie. Yeah. Well, it has to be. We have two, be. two episodes left, right? Right. So an hour left in the, in the, in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so you could get, like, if I was going to bet, I would say Order 66 is happening in this next episode. Mm. And then the the last episode, I think, will be something um, I want to say a little grander in scale or a little pushed further in time or something, which is like denouement. But yeah. maybe not. I don't know. So, so what they've done so far, if we can we can sort of like reverse engineer this, is show us what's happening with the Mandalorians and Maul. Mm-hmm. Show us what's happening away from the, the main action of Revenge of the Sith. So we obviously are going to have the resolution of the Battle of Mandalore play out. Uh, and we're going to see Order 66 and potentially some of the actions that save Kenobi and and a few other Jedi that in the extended comic universe we know make it out. Uh, We have two episodes left, one called Shattered and one called Victory and Death. Wow. They're not messing around. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like, Maul has to escape because we know he becomes right. a free agent again and, and retains control of the Black Suns. Uh, which, oh. by the way, a little oh. uh, Dryden Voss cameo in this episode. And uh, and this name may not mean as much to you, but Prince Zixor is hanging out there, which is like what? Uh, he's the guy on the left. They introduced a non-canon character back in, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, he had ties to Shadows of the Empire, like the N64 game where you played right. as Dash Rendar. Uh, which well, was that like guy, a, everybody's freaking out because they think that guy might come back. I, are they? I mean, he is a watered down, like bad carbon copy of Han Solo at best. Well, you don't have any more Han Solo theory. Anyway, I'm, I'm I mean, like, in this timeline, you have plenty of Han Solo. True. <laughs> There's plenty true. of Han Solo, Han Solo to go around. Yeah. 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 I think he's like a teenager. 
But yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Prince uh, is, is it Zixor? I think it's Zizor, isn't it? It's like X I Z. I don't, I don't know how to pronounce it. The human head. tongue cannot properly pronounce. It. That's right. Yeah. Um. So yeah, there's all these little grace notes that are making their way into this episode, which is Maul as the head of the syndicate, which is really interesting because if you didn't see Solo and then you saw this, you'd be like, oh, maybe I don't know. It's a little subtle. Um. And then I, I don't want to let the moment go by without the lightsaber fight discussion because holy kenobi that was good the like animation was next uh, level well uh a hat tip to lauren mary kim who uh is credited as ahsoka tano and ray park as maul which i assume means they were the mocap for that yeah. oh, i was about to say it looked like this had some mocap in it because it was it was so fluid because they weren't doing the the like the one thing I'll say about Clone Wars, and I think it was a necessity at the time and then a style later when characters run and you guys know so much more about animation than I do when they run in this, it's very pre uh, preset program running. Right. Like even when Ahsoka runs, it's like I am running. It's very mechanized. And this had none of that. This was so fluid and so real and so it felt like it had heft and that just you're right it had to be mocap no yeah, i'm wondering and of course ray ray park if people didn't recognize he was darth maul in phantom menace which is amazing uh and he is credited as maul in shattered and victory and death wow so we're gonna see more mocap performances oh, there, there in the next has, two there has to be right i'm wondering if this goes further back too because i bet there was some mocap in the previous episode, like Ahsoka's big, like hero sequence where she's jumping mm-hmm. from ship to ship. I, especially the, uh, when she, she dispatches like three Mandalorians quickly inside a clone trooper transport. I bet, I bet some of that was a little bit mo capped. Um, but also hat tip to, uh, the animators because you can't just, you can't just import mocap and have it work. There's a lot of, <laughs> yeah, right. That, no, that goes exactly. On, so, so this uh, battle, yeah, no, only one episode credited for Lauren, Mary Kim. Oh, okay. Star performer well, then, uh, for Clone Wars. Well, good job, animators, on the previous yeah. episode because that looked incredible. Um. So the cool thing is that this battle took place in two parts. It was in the throne room, and it was amazing. And then there was these incredible like things with the windows, like the window blasting in before the fight, and then Darth Maul being cushed out the window in the second part. And then it, the second, but you were like, well, that couldn't get better. And then literally the second part of this is they are um, oops uh edit (laughs) they are fighting in the rafters of these domed cities of mandalore and that's when i was just like oh my god like are you kidding and and i i love the way they the fight is is realistically balanced where darth maul is definitely the better fighter he should be he's more experienced uh but ahsoka is smart and is able to take advantage a couple of times in order to get the upper hand especially the, i had to watch that that move over and over again the first time i was viewing i was like how did she do that she did get block and then grab and then cuts and then cuts off the beam that he was on like that was that was tight yeah it was amazing and she basically did it I think without her lightsaber. Yes. <laughs> like that's the part that was so amazing. She used his lightsaber to cut the beam out from under him. It was crazy. Yeah. 
Yeah. yeah. Which tells you everything you need to know. And this is another thing I loved, which is Ahsoka is no longer an apprentice. She may not be like a formally knighted Jedi or whatnot, but like she is much more in some ways like Obi-Wan than mm-hmm. Anakin, which mm-hmm. is that she is using the force the right way. She's not dependent on a lightsaber. She's not using, she's just using her like whole five. What does it call a five tool player in baseball? Yeah. Right. Like she's a five tool player. And, and whether that makes her a Jedi or not, it doesn't even really matter. Yeah. The Jedi fact, ball stats don't reflect the performance of Ahsoka Tano. That's exactly right. <laughs> and in fact, there's a wonderful article. I don't know if you guys saw it in of all places, vanity fair um, that has like a nice look at Ahsoka Tano to, because like they, as they rightly point out, she really was the first in, in the universe, the first female lead Jedi uh, character, like that she was the first woman to wield a lightsaber way before Ray, you know, way before Jen or so was the lead of her thing. Mm-hmm. Like it was on really yeah, on yeah. screen. Like she was the first. And well, don't uh, we see some like cutaways in the movies, but they're, they're no, not, no, no, no. But I'm saying like as a character, a fully developed real. Yeah. 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 As a, as a character, you know, motivations for understand yeah and not wallpaper and so Mm -hmm. um it's actually really nice because ashley Eckstein, who voices her uh gets a lot to say and i would recommend it for anyone who wants to read it vanity fair anthony bresnikin just came out um but yeah it it really tells you like uh soka has arrived and making the link between her now and her and rebels very plausible love it (laughs) i just i yeah i was just Again, kind of like jubilantly yelling at my television uh, so many times during this. And so I guess it's like, where do we go from here? It's like, I, I think Order 66 is how Darth Maul escapes, right? There's got to be, that has to be the chaos that leads to that. Or do we think Maul just, we, we, we say goodbye to Maul <laughs> in prison by the Mandalorians and mm. that's just a story for another time. How do you well, imprison that guy? What? Okay, so... The Mandalorians are going to win, right? I mean, our Mandalorians are going yeah. to win. But the next episode's called Shattered. So victory and death, I can be like, oh, victory for the Mandalorians and death for the Republic. That's 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 the way you end that. That implies that we don't get the Mandalorian victory until two episodes from now. So what gets shattered is probably order 66. That would be my guess Mm -hmm. is that, you know, everyone's faith and trust is shattered and, and, and you, yes, I think that that I'm talking this out as I go. I think that that's what happens is everything looks like it's on rails. Mall is maybe got the upper hand possibly somehow, maybe not, but order 66 happens and then all hell breaks loose and the Mandalorians are back up against the wall and they have to fight back to win again. And that's how mall escapes. That makes perfect sense. But here's my question. And this is just a theoretical question. How do you keep a Sith Lord in a prison? Well, the Mandalorians already tried it once because he was literally imprisoned on Mandalore with Savage uh, and it didn't work. <laughs> right. But so they, did keep him, you, they did keep him locked up for a bit. If you're not already using um, carbonite to freeze people, how do you do that with a guy who can literally influence people's minds, bend things? Like, how do you do that? You need the weird hollow, like the weird gravitational bindings they used on Obi-Wan in episode two, I guess. Mm. He's captured by uh, Dooku. 
is... I mean, that's a thing I'm interested in, you know? Like, I don't know how you do that. Yeah, and it's not like Ahsoka is so advanced that she could do some force magic somehow, right? Like, right. We, and, and you're not going to waste her guarding him. Yeah, well, they, you know, I would assume it probably doesn't get that far to the point where they have to answer the question of how do we imprison this guy? Yeah. Um, I no, it's are, an interesting question though. We are moments away from order 66. If, if Obi-Wan is on Utapau, yeah. that's where he is when order 66 goes down. Yep. Yeah. No, it's about Ooh. to happen. Those those clone troopers are going to turn their guns on the Mandalorians next episode. I guarantee. And it. Ahsoka. Yep. But we except know she for, makes it out. Right. Except for key members of her the squad, who, if I understand it right, have already pulled their chips. Right. That's Rex how she's going to make it out. I think it's because Rex and and friends have pulled their chips, and they're they're not they're going to be able to protect her. I think they're yeah. gonna yeah they're gonna be pitted against their own brothers. She's probably gonna be with Rex when Order sixty six goes down, and they're gonna real they're gonna take a minute to realize what's happening. Do you think that the crawler? First of all, props to them for having yet another bridge into a city that they're fighting on, which is just like awesome. Earlier, but like, do you think the crawler that was walking, like that looks like a beast, is the one that they end up in in Rebels when you find the clones again? Oh yeah. Huh. Which one? Which other one would it be? I mean, it's a maybe. standard crawler that they, there were tons of them for the clones, uh, but maybe. Oh, no, I think it's that one. <laughs> that's, that's how they that's how they buzz, buzz out like the, they commandeer a crawler and all of a sudden, like uh, it's not like that ship. It's not like the big Jedi ship is going to be able to take them anywhere because the clones will have taken that and yep. probably, I don't know, killed whoever the commander is. It's really interesting. He's already I don't know. It's really going to be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I just I just can't. I can't. I can't. I can't wait, but I can because I don't want it to be over. Yeah. Well, you're gonna get it Friday, and then what? Tuesday, Monday, <laughs> or Monday, Monday, Friday, the and fourth. then Monday. Yeah. Whoa, that's amazing. Monday is the fourth. We're gonna do a, a virtual watch party with our friends. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Uh, um. Also, are we hoping and praying that uh, the day that they release the final episode, they also release a two hour cut with nothing, no cuts and like none of the in between. Yes. Would like, love that. Please, I would like to just that's I, that's how I want to watch it. I want to watch all four episodes, but together with no logo breaks in between. Well, and and it is really set up for that because the episodes are not doing the little like sayings. Yeah. Anymore, right. It's just it's the movie. Clone Wars Part Two. Clone Wars Part Three. Like you know, we've got Part One and Part Two. I assume the next one will be Part Three. Yeah. Ah, oh, geez. Uh, uh, oh, we're going to see Obi-Wan's message to all the Jedi that we see in the very yep. beginning of Rebels. Oh, you're right. I absolutely are. Uh, it's going to be the last yep. time we see Obi-Wan in Clone Wars, I bet. Calling it. Calling Unless it now. Unless we see him do something on the way to Tatooine. Because we know he drops off the babies. Like, I don't know. Maybe. <gasps> oh. Maybe there's maybe. something happens on his way. On Alderaan? Because he, he goes from... Mustafar to uh, Alderaan and then Tatooine, right? Yeah, or some it's a ship. Or I so think. we think. Are they on a ship where he's, the babies oh, are born? He's on the Tanti Four with yeah. with uh, freaking Bail um, Organa. Bail Organa, yeah, yeah. So, so I get, don't know. He could cross well, paths with Ahsoka along the way there. You could cross paths with a lot of people. You could oh, get yeah. almost Rebels Roundup, like. Uh, setting the ending the Clone Wars, but setting the stage for 
the rebellion. I wouldn't be shocked if Victory and Death actually does a, a little tour of Rex, Ahsoka, and Obi-Wan. Yeah. Wow. I'm getting like a little faint just thinking about it. It's going to be the send off for like the 10th Doctor where we check in with everyone he ever interacted with. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, my God. It's going to be amazing. Oh, it's going to be so good. I can't wait. I can't wait. But I can't. Oh, I'm going to be so sad when it's over. And at the same time, this is such a gift because I never thought I was going to see more Clone right. Wars. It was already sad when it was over twice. And, uh, TV, and bo- then book. Now, yeah. But we didn't know it was over. <laughs> yeah. like, so we were just like, oh, season five. Man, that was intense. Oh, it's over? Crap. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, I think this is as good a place as ever to end it as much as I could sit here and talk about how cool it was that Maul was thrown through a window and what was left was horizontal lightsaber scoring marks through said panel. <laughs> um, oh, and we so didn't, many good detail touches. Uh, right? And we didn't mention my favorite part of this entire fight scene was, which is when like Ahsoka like threw her left saber down at the blade to parry it and then it popped it back up and she caught it. That was the coolest move in this entire fight scene, in my opinion. <laughs> I was just like, I literally yelled what at my television. Uh, it was so good. But uh, folks, right in to feedback at let's talk about Star Wars dot com. Uh, we're going to have to make some time for your emails on the next episode before the end, before the end of Clone Wars. Let us know what you think. Um, and other than that, also, we have a Patreon, patreon.com slash let's talk about Star Wars. Go check it out if you like what we're doing here and you want more episodes. Around the table, before we leave, Jenny Josephson, where can everyone find you? On the Twitters, J-E-N-N-I-E-J 23, um, which is the best place to find out things that are going on. Tom Merritt. Oh, uh, tomsnewbook.com. I've got a novel out called Trigger uh, about a time traveler and a time ship, and it's fun, and it's got five stars on Amazon. So thanks to everybody for reviewing it, and if you haven't checked it out, check it out. I'm Garrett Art. If you go to Twitter on your Holonet-enabled data pad and everything else I do can be found over at amove.tv. So go check it out. Thank you so much for listening to this episode, and until the next Let's Talk About Star Wars, may the Force be with you. Always. But especially with Ahsoka. 